Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday. It is March the 9th, 2015. Today we're reading from the big book, Chapter 5, How It Works, and we're at page 59, the first paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Nancy S., the 12 Traditions, Amy W., and our text are Sharon R.S., Susie K., and Duell. Our share code for yesterday, the Sunday Special Edition, March 8, 2015, we had a presentation on Chapter 7, Lighting the Pathway to Freedom. The share code is 7 7381. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy S. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, thank you. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for letting me do this service, and I pass. Well, thank you, Nancy S. I will now ask Amy W. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Amy W., uh, Compulsive Eater in California. The 12 Traditions of a Reader Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has what one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you, Amy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 59, the very first paragraph. I will now ask um, Sharon R.S. to please read, begin reading. Good morning, Janice, and all of the other visionaries on the line this morning. This is Sharon R.S. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. 
Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready, step six, to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So looking at steps 10, 11, and 12, These three steps, uh, we often talk about living in steps 10, 11, and 12. This is how we then shall live after we have recovered. There's a book that was called How Then Shall We Live? And uh, I always felt like I had missed the manual. I was missing a piece. But step 10, 11, and 12 tell us how to live. And basically... For me, what I have found is that if I live, uh, when we when we did our cleaning up our lives and in our relationships with other people, we looked at being selfish, dishonest, frightened, and um, uh, self-seeking. And so, if we look at those and say, "Okay, the way we now live is the opposite of those," which we need we live in purity which is being purely ourselves that is we we are who god wants us to be we are in relationship with our higher power that's who direct us it's not other people it's not ourselves we're directed by god so we are purely ourselves we are honest uh as opposed to dishonest so we're honest about who we are we're unselfish as opposed to being selfish and we're loving as opposed to being frightened so how then shall we live we shall live as purely ourselves we shall live honestly we shall live unselfishly and we shall live live lovingly steps 10 11 and 12 are our are our guides to keeping us in that place when i looked at it i found that those initials spelled the word full, P-H-U-L. We shall live full. We shall be full. It will fill that 
hole in us, that God-sized hole, living purely, honestly, unselfishly, and lovingly. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Sharon R.S. I neglected to instruct us that, instruct us to guide us. We're going to comment and focus on steps only 10, 11, and 12. Okay, who would like to begin? Kim. Kim. Kim G. Anybody else? Sally. Okay, let's go with Kim G. and Sally. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Janice. I'm shocked. I thought there would be a big train waiting here. Um, good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, I think that's so wonderful, you know, that you're concentrating on 10, 11, and 12, because that's how I stay in recovery. You know, I often describe that as I'm, I'm walking up a down escalator. That's what 10, 11, and 12 means to me. Now, maybe it's not fair, because other people get to walk up the up escalator, but I have to accept my reality as a compulsive overeater that I must be walking up the down escalator, which means I need to be constantly in motion. You know, in 4 through 9, we got the luxury of looking at the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of our life and clean up that past. But what do we do right now? Step 10, the jerk's right in front of us. How do we get undisturbed right now? So we take that skill set that we learned in steps 4 through 9 and we use it for today. I think a common misnomer is that the 10th step is a nightly review. It's not. That's part of, part of step 11. Step 10 is the jerks in front of us. I need to use this skill set because I have learned through steps 1 through 9 that I cannot sit in resentment. I cannot sit in fear. I cannot sit in, in um, twisted relationships without the mental twist coming in and telling me to pick up. And then step 11 has three parts to it. The first part is an, is an evening routine where we look at four through nine. Once again, we're looking at life in 24-hour chunks now. We take four through nine and then ask God what corrective measures need to be taken. Then in the morning, we look at four through nine again, but in a, in a preemptive way. We're asking God in. We're asking to be divorced from self-pity, from self-seeking, from dishonest behavior. And then we also have instructions on how to pause throughout the day. So step 11 is three things. The morning routine, the evening routine, and, and pausing throughout the day. And step 12, I'd like you to think about how you expand the idea of working with others. It's not just sponsoring. If you're going to face-to-face meetings, or you're going there early and seeing if anybody's new, or you're staying late and talking to the new people or the returning member, are you returning phone calls on a, on a, on a, 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 a timely basis? That's one of the biggest complaints I hear from people is nobody returns their phone calls. And are you actively working the steps with people? Or are you just acting like a life coach? You know, when is the last time you took a fifth step? Because if you're actively working the steps, you should be taking fifth steps. And I'm just going to end with this. You know, that first line, you know, I rarely have I seen someone fail who is actively engaged in works 10, 11, 12. Also, I have rarely seen someone stay abstinent and recovered if they do not, if, you know, when they are not engaged with, those, with these steps. Um, and with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Kim G. Sally, you're up. Good morning, Janice, and good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. Um, I, too, would just like to um, highlight a few of these thoughts that come to my mind about 10, 11, and 12. Um, for starters, I just wanted to say that I've been studying the 12 and 12 very deeply, and 
it's interesting to me that on page 55, in the middle of step five, it says, all of AA's 12 steps asks us to go contrary to our natural desires. They all deflate our egos. And that's what these 12 steps are, to deflate my big, fat ego, because that was my real problem underneath it all. When it comes to ego deflation, few steps are harder to take than five, and um, that's what it tells us on page 55. But interestingly, we see here in in, um, step 10 that we're asked to continue to take personal inventory, and, and step 10 basically is telling us to go back and to continue for the rest of our life, to continue to take steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and in truth, it's telling us to take all of them, one through ten. Um, so t- step ten is telling us over and over that we are to continue to take personal inventory, to take a, a, a spotlight and to shine it on ourselves and to, to be watchful for these character defects that, that are our real problem. These are the things, the marbles that are rolling around in our head that lead us into the food. It tells us on, in the 12 and 12 on page 58, it amounts to a clear recognition of what and who we really are, followed by a sincere attempt to become what we could be. And that's what we have the opportunity to do in step 10, to continue to grow, to continue to change, to see who and what we really are, and then to become what we could be, to change. And, you know, I find it interesting that we see the key word in 10 is that we continue to take personal inventory. And the key word in step 11 is that we are going to sought through prayer and meditation to improve. We're we're going to improve. We're going to continue to change. We're going to continue to improve. And then in step 12, it tells us, having had a spiritual awakening, that we are called to try to carry this message. And we're told on XVII, it also indicates at the top of the page in XVII, it also indicates that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. And for me, what step 10, 11, and 12 is about is do I want to stay recovered? Because we don't get to stay recovered if we don't do certain things. And 10, 11, and 12 is what we have to do. Continue. And uh, in step 11, to, to conti- we're also called to continue to grow. And in 12, we're, we're called to carry the message forward. Thanks for letting me share that I've had. This Thank is Rochelle. You, Can I share? Thank you. Anyone else would like to comment? This is Rochelle. Julie R. Julie R. Renata. Hold, hold on. Charles Vince from New York. Go ahead. You can all talk at once. Lonnie T. All right. We're going to start all over again. Let me just preface this by reminding us we're going to comment on step 10, 11, and 12. Okay. I'll tell you who I heard. I heard Renata. Rochelle. I heard, I heard, who, Michelle? Yeah, Rochelle. I think I was going to say. Rochelle. Oh. Well, Charles, I heard Charles. Ella, can I say <laughs> And I heard Noah. Let's go. Okay, let's go with, and then Sarah W., and then let's go with those, and then we'll continue. Let's have Renata first. Go ahead, Renata. 
Thank you, Janice. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata, Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. Um, you know, step 10, continue to take personal inventory. Um, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Um, like Sharon was saying, um, after I go through the steps, I'm changed, right? I have, have had a spiritual awakening. And so I now practice the principles of the program to the best of my ability. And, of course, you know, it says continue. So it means, you know, resentments, fears, and things like that, they will crop up because I'm still human. I'm not going to be perfect like my higher power. But, you know, when I when I went through the steps first time around, I didn't really understand that I had to change, you know, that I had to aim for, you know, being the person that my higher power wanted me to be. And so I was, like, having to do step 10, like, I don't know, 15, 20 times a day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so much work. But it's because I was still doing the same behaviors I did in the past and just, like, trying to clean it up with step 10. And, uh, you know, in step 11, uh, thoughts of prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Um, you know, it's like Kim said, it's a three-part step. You know, it's in the morning, it's throughout the day, and at night, you know, in the past I would, I, I used to, to get up and say a couple of prayers and, okay, I'm done. God's going to do for me whatever I want. And uh, it's not about that. It's about seeking God's will for me throughout the day, to ask God, how can I be of service today? How can I, you know, be helpful to those who are still in this disease? Um, and step 12, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of this step, we try to carry this message to alcoholics. Uh, so what it says to me is that I need to have had a spiritual awakening in order to carry the message of recovery. If I haven't had a spiritual awakening, then what message am I carrying? You know, I'm carrying my own message that, you know, never works anyway. And to practice these principles in all our affairs. So if I'm really trying to practice the principles of this program on a daily basis, you know, I don't have that much cleaning up to do. I don't have, you know, amends to make. And, uh, you know, and of course when I do, I do clean up and I do step 10, but uh, this program is about change. It's about, you know, smashing the ego, like it was said. It's about becoming humble. And I need to realize that my way of living did not work. And so now I need to live on a spiritual basis, you know, live by these principles. And by living in 10, 11, and 12, I keep on growing. You know, the, the, the 4 through 9, it was like cleaning up the soil, you know, so that seed that God planted in me could have space to grow. And now, you know, by doing 10, 11, and 12, I keep nurturing it and watering it. And, you know, that seed, that plant, it's, it's growing, you know, it's growing. And uh, that's all I want to share. Thanks. And thank you, Renata. And Rochelle, please, you're up. Rochelle? Star one to unmute. Okay, we'll come this back. This is Rochelle, to... recovered in, okay. uh, in Baltimore. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Great, thank you. Um, I want to talk about 12. So for me, this is not about... Um, 
so much change from what I was to what I am to understanding what I really am. And when I've swept away the concerns about being selfish and dishonest and self-seeking, then finally, for the first time in my life, I get to see the real Rochelle. That is the Rochelle that God intended me to be when I got created. So that means that by living in, in 12, I see that. And it's a, okay, it's a different person, it's a cleaner person. And I really, really like the fact that uh, it ends to practice these principles in all our affairs because it means that whether I'm at a meeting or I'm not at a meeting, if I say to myself, which is really saying to God, the godly part of myself, what would you have me do here? How can I be of service? Then I see it. I mean, I was in a lecture hall, and uh, they had refreshments of different kinds in the back, and there were there was a uh, intermission between lectures, and and I asked that of God and myself, a little prayer, and and suddenly there was someone there that I recognized, and um, I went over to her, and then she came towards me, and I said, don't we know each other? And she said, yes, um, I'm going to see you tomorrow morning. And she was talking about at an OA meeting. And before I knew it, we got to talking, and um, and she had been in relapse. And with with God's help, I was able to help her get back on track. That's only possible because I asked God's help, not because I'm trying to be self-serving and taking the refreshments in the back of the room. It's because even in the most strange circumstances, like there's all kinds of refreshments, I'm saying, well, this is absurd. What am I doing here? What am I supposed to do? What would you have me do? What would you have me be? Yes. Well, thank you, Rochelle. Charles H., you're up. Hi, good morning, Kathy. My name is Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. Can you hear me? I can hear you good, Charles. Thank you for your service. And, um, you know, thank you for all the – and, Kim, here go the traffic jam you was looking for. Uh, so <laughs> this is sidebar. Um, so, yeah, ten, you guys really killed it on Step 10, 11, and 12. I just want to um, drill down into uh, <clears throat> working with others, which is a chapter dedicated or let me say live dedicated because I'm tired of death, man, but I got to kill my, I gotta kill the flesh every day so I can live in 10, 11, and 12, right, the spirit, step 11. So, you know, it says on um, page 97, a drunk may smash your furniture in your home. Your phone may jingle at any time. Your telephone may jangle at any time of day and night. Let me tell you, I got to sleep at 12.30 last night. My phone jangled at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, and I'm grateful to have that phone jangle, right? And, uh, you know, this is life and death. So my phone jangles, living in 10, 11, and 12, and and, uh, I was able, by the grace of God, to help someone stay active. And that's what this program is all about. Um, I'm tired. I went to two games with my nephew. I taped the games, and, you know, he cost me a lot of money. He got a triple-double, and I promised him some stuff, right? It's like in program, we make promises, right? And I made those promises. And uh, it was an awesome weekend. I, you know, um, I did it all. I did it all this weekend. Uh, and I was there for family when, when you know, they needed it. It was, it was emotional. Now it's time to get back to my wife and, and, and everything like that. And, uh yeah, so you know what? It's a it's it's a pleasure. Um, and somebody Sally killed it when she was in the doctor's opinion, where it says this is vital. This work here is vital, and it, it, it's it's forever. It's not just you know. Oh yeah, I went through the steps. I'm going through the steps again. You know, I'm I'm coming it again, so I can give it to somebody. I was on a Sunday edition yesterday, and I asked a a, a question because I need you know some help. 
to help others. I can't help by myself. I don't have to ask. But but through you guys and, and the higher power, I get some visions when I live in 1011 as well. So, you know, God be with you all, your your higher power, a good orderly direction. Um, and, that, and that's the thing, man. You know, this change where I could work with, I've said it before, I, I may be a Christian, but I could work with an atheist. And how about me being a Christian and, 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 and I'm an atheist and agnostic because if I don't read my literature, I don't have the knowledge. And if I don't believe, then I'm an atheist. And that's okay because 50% of us have changed, like it said in uh, Chapter 4. So with that, I'm going to close. Thank you. God bless. And you guys have a, a recovered day. I pass. And thank you, Charles. Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Janice. My name is Bella Jean. I am a thankfully covered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, it's such a freedom. I want to talk about step 10. It's such a freedom, such a peaceful step. <clears throat> Continue to take personal inventory. Today, I am no, not anymore connected to my ego. Today, I am not connected to my self-pity. Today, I am not interested to judge others and to judge myself, to blame others and to blame myself. Today, I believe in growing. Yes, today, I choose to be connected to a loving power, to an accepted power. Today, I accept myself as human. Yes, I am human and I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. And it's such a freedom to believe in growing. Yes, today I want to be better than I was yesterday. And continue to take personal inventory. Yes, because God created me as human. Yes, I, I, I am not perfect. I don't know everything all the time. And yes, I do mistakes. And it's such a, <clears throat> sorry, it's such a peaceful feeling to know that, yes, I can say I am sorry. I did a mistake and I am not afraid anymore. Yes, I can learn from my mistakes. And when we were wrong, yes, it's okay to be wrong because today I don't need an approval of my existence. Today I don't need to be accepted and loved. Today I know I am connected to a higher power and he trusts me and he believes in me. And yes, today I, I, I live freedom Yes, it's okay. I can learn all the time. And I believe in growing. I believe in change. Today, I don't feel that I need to blame and judge. Today, I am connected to a loving and respectful power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Bella G. Okay, Sarah W., please. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. A good morning vision for you. This is Sarah W., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. 
Um, what a what a beautiful place we're at uh, talking about the 10th, 11th, and 12th step. And I wanted to come at it from a little different angle and um, to reach out to those that are either just coming in or those that have gone through relapse and are coming back. And because I was one of those. And, um, you know, I went through a long relapse. And I think the reason why that happened for me, because I had really beautiful abstinence and, you know, I, I saw a lot of these promises, but I didn't continue. And what happened was that um, I ceased uh, I ceased practicing a spiritual program, and I started thinking that I could do this thing on my own. And, you know, it talks about the maintenance of our spiritual condition, and I wasn't practicing that. I would pick and choose. And I think it's very common for that to happen. I don't think it's unusual, but it doesn't have to happen. So I guess my thought is that, um, you know, there are promises in here for the 10th step, uh, but to really learn to practice it is so important. So if you're working through your steps, um, what I have found for myself is that, you know, this is where the beauty of the program really starts to happen, that, um, you know, we do cease fighting anything and anyone. And, but it doesn't mean perfection. And I think that is so much a part of most of our personalities. We want to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, we either give up or walk away or we just say we're not worth it. So, um, you know, talking about the 10th step, you know, as was stated, it is a, you know, a moment by moment throughout the day. And as somebody else said, you know, we don't have anything to clean up. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to share that with somebody. And the 11th step, I really keep it simple. I have a very busy life. I try to touch base with God throughout the day in the morning first thing, just asking, be with me, help me, show me what I need to do, give me you know, guidance and direction. And, and as far as, uh, and, and try to listen, try to listen. And the, the 12th step, I have to put a plug in, not only for sponsorship, of course, but Lastly, but not leastly, is to practice these principles in all our affairs. That's really what it's about. It's not just giving to the compulsive overeater. It's getting out there and doing random acts of kindness to really reach out to people, not in a perfect way, but smile at somebody. So we can start that in the beginning before we're even in the first step. This is such a beautiful program, and thank you for letting me share in that past. Hey, thank you, Sarah W. I'm, we're going to go on because we can tie it in with the, these three steps. Susie K., please, the next paragraph. Star one to unmute. Susie, Susie K., Perhaps Susie is having some trouble. Uh, do are you available to read that first paragraph on page 60? Yes, I'm available. Um, it says, many of us exclaim, when in order, I can't go through with this. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to go along spiritual lines. 
The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Good morning. My name is Duell, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God. And I, I really love this paragraph because it really shows us that Yes, it's a lot. You know, I mean, we've had 12 proposals here, <laughs> and it's a lot of work. And, um, you know, but, but the recovered people are saying, do not be discouraged. We've gone through it. We've um, experienced it. We've gone through it from the beginning to the end, and we know the outcome. We know the conclusion. Um, there is hope, and there's an end to the tunnel. And, um, and this can be attained for you also. And you don't have to be perfect at it because guess what? The good news is we're not all perfect. <laughs> even the people who get this, even the people who have recovered, does not mean that they're exempt to problems, that they're exempt to life situations, that they're exempt to life on life's terms. It does not mean that. It means that they do have problems. It means that they do have situations that arise. It means that they do still deal with the character defects. The difference is, the difference between a recovered person, someone that's not recovered, is that they practice these principles. They practice these principles in a way that it works and it brings about results. And they do it on a daily basis. That's the difference. You know, and it, it doesn't mean that people that are uh, engage in the recovery work, cannot apply this or cannot recover also, or cannot implement this, it, it is not saying that. It is saying that we are all on a spiritual progress. We are all going through this, and we, as long as we adhere to it, that's the difference. We need to adhere to it. We need to take action. We need to practice this every day, every day. And as we're doing that, the self breaks down, and we become more and more in line with God's will. That's all it means. And the more we become more in line with God's will, the more we are in alignment with that, those spiritual principles. You know, and, and that's good news. You know, I, I remember when I first went through these steps and my sponsor said, well, you know, I, I said, well, how, how can I get this? You know, how can, I, how can I apply this? How do I know that this is working for me? And she says, for each step that you take, you're going to get a result. You know, the first step, you're going to put down the food. The second step, you're going to make a connection with God. The third step, you're going to, you're going to have that connection with God, and you're going to surrender to the outcome of God. And the fourth, fifth, sixth step is going to break down barriers to self. And the more you break the barriers to self, you'll become more in line with God and and I'm so grateful that I see that today when I practice these principles, I'm able to bounce back quicker than when I was in the disease. And that's the difference of being recovered, that I get to bounce back quicker. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that this program gives me that opportunity. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Do. Thank you. Okay, who would like to comment on this paragraph? Hello, like Bonnie. All right, let's have Vasa. Was there a Ronnie? Ronnie yes, B? Ronnie. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay. Elaine B. And Elaine B. And we have anybody else? Nicole S. Carolyn. Nicole S. and Carolyn. We'll go with those five. Vasa O, you're up. Vasa? Thank you. 
Sorry, I was muting and unmuted. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And good morning, everybody. And I am grateful to be here. Recovered Compulsive Overeater calling from Florida. And I remember when I started the program, just the, the steps were always up on the wall. And, of course, we read them at the meetings. And I remember saying, oh, I know them all. I, don't, I know them all, you know. But my sponsor said, boy, she said, you you got to really, really get deep into them. It's not just that we know the first few sentences, you know. But anyways, I practice the steps on a daily basis, you know. The, I'm never done. I will never be perfect at them. And as it, as it says here, many of us explain what an order. I can't go through with it. I remember feeling like that. I remember feeling so overwhelmed, you know. I said, oh, my God. I'm going to do this. I got kids. I got a house. I got to, got to work. I'm going to be able to this, do this program. And he says, do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to, to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. And I felt like relieved that time. Okay, we don't have to do this perfectly. And if it does it, Vasa, you know, uh, it, it, you have to do this for the rest of your life. So, I felt relieved in many ways. We are not saints. I was not a saint. The point is that we are willing to grow. We are willing to grow along spiritual lines, and I was ready and willing to grow in a spiritual lines. The principles have been set down a guide to progress, and for me, it's progress, not perfection. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And I was a, such a perfect freak, you know. I, everything I had to do in my life had to be perfect, you know. Well, you know, for the first time, I felt relieved, even with my life, you know. I don't have to be doing stuff perfectly. Let go. Let God, you know, let him be in charge, you know. And that's what has really helped me, you know. And, again, it's practicing the steps to the best of my abilities, you know, one step at a time. And God gave me the strength to do. I, was, I had a fear of step four, you know, five, six, seven. But, you know, every time I got to the step, God gave me the courage, gave me the strength, gave me the wisdom. to. Go. I'm not saying I was completely fearless. I went with, I was fearless, but I was not paralyzed with the fears. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa O. Ronnie. Ronnie uh, thank you. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, everyone. This is Ronnie P., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, you know, I think a lot about the words that we hear in program. You know, we hear the word be fearless from the very start. They don't say fear free, not free of fear. Fear less. Have a little less fear. <laughs> so um, I think about that same principle when I think of the word practice. And uh, I just looked up the definitions here, so let's take a quick look. Um, it's the, the full definition, the transitive verb, means to carry out and apply or to do or perform often, customarily, or habitually, or to be professionally engaged, as in the practice of medicine, um, to perform or work at repeatedly so as to become proficient, to train by repeated exercises, you know, um, we don't go to, you know, my, my doctor, she has a medical practice. She doesn't have a medical complete or a medical finished 
or a medical, I have all the answers. It's a practice. You know, the study of the human body is ever-evolving. So she has um, hit a level of proficiency where now when I go to her, she knows a whole lot more than I do, and she can give advice based on her practice. Um, Her professional credentialing requires that she complete so many hours of ongoing education every year. So she is in a continual practice of practice. And I think that that is something that um, has been very hard for me to grasp in this program, is that it's a practice. It's ongoing. You know, someone said it uh, earlier, I think it was Sarah, that we are, we can be so um, straight-jacketed by perfection. Um, and that is just the death of us, because if we think we're perfect, we will not practice. And the best musicians practice. You know, uh, Yo-Yo Ma, uh, um, unbelievable cellist, um, he practices every day. We wouldn't think that Yo-Yo Ma would have to practice, but he keeps doing it. So it's habitual, and it, it, it continues to teach us. That's the thing. Each time we practice it, we learn a little more. We get a little wiser, a little smarter. We get another nuance. And this, this will continue. I, my, my prayer for myself and for all of us is that this continues until we take our last breath. And and that is not something. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not, not it's not something dreary that we have to do. It could be this really exciting process of revelation and learning, and we are a continual student of the of what it is to live in the human condition and to continue to learn, to continue to turn things over, to allow ourselves to be surprised by what we don't know, to be delighted by what we didn't know because now we've learned something, and then to share that with others and on and on. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Ronnie P. Okay, Elaine B., you're up. Thank you, Janice M., for your service. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. And so grateful to be here with you studying this very important life-changing book. I was reflecting on the fact that when um, when we first cracked open the book and focused on the doctor's opinion that an absolute expert in his field was uh, was you know with access to all of the um, greatest knowledge the the newest uh, discoveries, the uh, well-invested in research to help people that are recovering from addictions, um, you know, he pointed to to this book as a solution. And that, you know, based on the experience of the people that wrote this book, you know, this is not a new formula. This is not a trial run. This is not a you know, sign up today if you have these symptoms and we'll see if this will work for you. No, this is evidenced by at first the 100 people um, involved, you know, as they first wrote this book, and then thousands, and then tens of thousands, and then hundreds of thousands. And that's why people carry this book of Alcoholics Anonymous into so many rooms, including A Vision for You, Compulsive Overeaters. And, you know, I know many people who made attempts to go through the steps, and I was one of them. I made several attempts, and I was so grateful when I came in the room and somebody said, if the ways you tried haven't worked for you, keep trying. Try again. You know why? Because these steps work. There were times where I said, you know, what an order. I can't go through with it. I walked right out after I got instructions for the fear inventory after working on resentments for six years. I said, "I, I can't go through with it. I walked out. I was discouraged. I got back in the food. 
But I never left the rooms, and I crawled back in and was given the number for a vision for you. And, and I tried it a different way. So I want to encourage people not to be discovered, discouraged. The other thing that I also want to encourage is that, um, you know, this, this is indicating to us that uh, we have to grow along spiritual principles, that um, they're God's pro- progress, and that we're, this is going to be a lifetime um, prescription. You know, this is not something that we're going to end. <laughs> when we get to self, step 12, we won't have graduated in Wahoo and run out the door. But we have a privilege of continuing to measure our progress and to grow along spiritual lines and to become of more use to others um, and and to God. And the more that we do that, the more satisfaction is going to come out of everyday life. And we'll discover, just like the big book promises, there's promises with every step where we can measure our progress. If they're coming true for us, they're coming true. Um, and one of the progress promises is is that the, the sweet spots of our day, instead we'll be putting something in our mouth, it will be working with others and carrying this message. And thanks for the privilege to do that today. With that, I pass. And thank you, Elaine B. Nicole S., you're up. Hi, this is Nicole S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and um, I just love this um, about the progress, not perfection. And I know for me that um, a big part of this is that um, I, you know, I can become so afraid um, and worried about stuff that I'm afraid to even start doing something. And for me, it's so important that that I just get in there and get moving and. I always think of it as a, you know, the like the law of inertia that um, an object moving will will keep moving unless acted on an outside force. And I know when I'm moving towards something, um, that it's so much easier for God to, you know, turn me or change my direction. But when I'm just, you know, stopped and and not moving and stalled out, it's so much harder because then I, you know, he he's got to get me going in the first place and um, it's important for me to remember this that you know I'm it's that progress I'm and not perfection meaning I'm not going to do it perfectly and I'm going to mess up but I need to be moving forward and that's um, what we you know just talked about um, before here you know the steps 10 11 12 and once once you've gone through you know the the other steps, and then it's continuing moving forward and continuing in that ten eleven twelve every day and um and it's you know a lot of a lot of times I just have to remember I need to you know just pray and ask God for what his will is for me and what he wants me to do today, and then it's to act on that and move in that direction that I think he he wants me to do and um and then you know, when I hit a bump, it's um, changing that direction, getting over that bump, but um, it's still moving forward. Um, so I really appreciate this paragraph and um, everyone out there who who helps me to move forward um, in this. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nicole S. Carolyn S. Carolyn, star one to unmute. Okay, we can take one more. If it's not, Leah. Okay, yes, please, Leah, please go ahead. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah, recovered compulsive overeater. 
uh, we are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, being recovered, you know, we're still subject to and subject of life. However, I have this plan for living today uh, that maps out, you know, specific guideposts as as to how to um, interact in my day. You know, if you're a compulsive overeater of my type, what you don't know is how do you live in your house with your husband or your partner or your kids and go to your job and be with your colleagues or your boss or your mother or your father and not compulsively overeat to stand it. (laughs) And I tell you, that is the secret of these 12 steps. That is the secret of Overeaters Anonymous. Because my greatest obstacle was my thinking. And these 12 steps, these these, uh, guideposts, these principles are designed to take the hostility away, the fear away, the restlessness away, the irritation away, the discomfort away. You know, uh, it was very hard to be comfortable in my life, you know, when I was trying to be somebody, trying to feel like something, uh, aspiring to be equal, and desperately needing to be superior. That was a very uncomfortable life. Uh, But these principles are guideposts, they're true north, so that every interaction that I have, at least I am dominated not by self, but dominated by something greater than myself, striving for something greater. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Our literature says only step one, where we made the 100% admission we were powerless over food, can be practiced with absolute perfection. The rest, you know, I'm just striving for. You know, we all come together uh, for a couple of hours, you know, on the phone every day, and it's easy to love one another, but how am I behaving when I hang up the phone with you? You know, am I able to be loving to uh, my husband? Am I able to make amends quickly uh, if I've spoken out of line or not as kind? You know, am I able to stay stabilized when dealing with uh, several uh, teenage uh, daughters that I have? You know, am I able to be loving and giving to a difficult neighbor? You know, these, these are the things that I have to press into these steps with. You know, for me, both compulsively overeating and recovery have been progressive conditions. Compulsive overeating was progressively downward. Recovery is progressively upward. You know, so addiction was a downward spiral. Spirituality, the attainment, the striving for these spiritual principles is an upward one. Education without graduation, you know, it's, it, it is daily. It is daily. You know, I had other dreams for myself, other ambitions uh, than to be on a line or to be trudging this road for, you know, well over two decades. Uh, but the reality is uh, I do not want the quality of life I had while compulsive overeating. I want a quality of life that the program of recovery gives me happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Yes, thank you, Lair. I just want to say, as Janice M. a recovered compulsive overeater, that hope, hope is the key that unlocks the door of discouragement. That's what I can share with you is hope. And thank you to everyone who has shared and those that didn't have a time to. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, 
followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Susie Kay, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Janice. Susie Kay here, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eater in Maine. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.